International Baptist College is a dynamic ministry of Tri-City Baptist Church in Chandler. IBC offers three Bachelor of Arts degrees and four graduate degrees. The professors at IBC desire to teach students how to think, live, and lead from a conservative biblical worldview. Whether you are pursuing a degree or laying a biblical foundation for your life, IBC will mentor you into ministry. Please check out our website at ibconline.edu or call 1-800-IBC-4858 for more information. And the land had been damaged, and there's only divine intervention that can help. See, what a terrible, horrible circumstance to be in. To be in a situation in my life where I have no help and no hope but God. That's not such a bad thing, folks. Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Well, we've been looking at the life of Elijah And last time we talked about the transition of leadership to Elisha, the next prophet who is appointed to carry on and speak for God. So today we bring you part one of a message titled, The Two Faces of God's Power, as we focus on the life of Elisha now. Here's Dr. Kevin Shaw to read to us from our text in 2 Kings chapter 2 and The Life of Elisha. Second Kings chapter 2, it just made sense to go right into Elisha from Elijah. After all, their names are so, so, so familiar and one comes right after the other. So we'll, we'll go through Elisha. And so, um, because Elisha really isn't carrying on the ministry of Elijah. And um, so it's really important. Now, we come to, we had this beautiful music and this day about justification and then I'm going to preach this passage. I'm sorry, but I'm, I just have to apologize. It's okay, though. Let's, let's take a look. Eli, uh, 2 Kings chapter 2, beginning in verse 19. They've gone and looked for the body of Elijah for a number of days, and they, found, they didn't find him, right? So now they've come back, and they've reported back to Elisha. And the men of the city, this is Jericho. The men of the city, it says, um, said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of the city is pleasant, as my Lord seeth, but the water is not, and the ground barren. 
And he said, bring me a new cruise. It's a vessel. And put salt therein. And they brought it to him. And he went forth unto the spring of the waters and cast the salt there in there. And said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed unto this day, according to the saying of Elisha, which he spake. And he went up from thence unto Bethel. And he was going up by the way, and there came forth little children. I'll explain that. Probably not small children, and you'll see in a moment. Um, Out of the city, and mocked him, and said unto him, Go up, thou bald head, go up, thou bald head. And he turned back, and looked on them, and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came forth two she-bears out of the wood, and tear forty and two children of them. And he went from thence to Mount Carmel, and from thence he returned to Samaria. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray you bless your word. It is your word. It's the truth here. And there's a reason that you've put this in Scripture, and I pray that you help us to see it. Lord, I pray that you help us to understand a very serious message from this passage of Scripture. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, We see... The evidence of God's power, the Spirit. Remember, remember the request of Elisha, and the request of Elisha was that he would have a double portion. Now, when he was saying a double portion, he was not asking for twice as much as Elijah. He was asking for the firstborn's portion. He was asking for an inheritance. It was the common language to describe of an, an inheritance. And he says, I'm, I'm asking for an inheritance of your power, of God's power from you. And remember Elijah, as he's going, just before he goes up to heaven, he's, he ascends to heaven in the whirlwind, just before that happens, he said, listen, I can't do that. I can't make that happen. But if you see me go up, God will answer your request. And he saw him go up. And so Elisha picks up the mantle He takes up the mantle of Elijah, and as he goes back to the Jordan, he strikes the Jordan with the mantle, just like Elijah had done when they gone over. And God, what was clearly the power of God, was upon him. Now, this was important in ancient times, because the prophets were the means by which God spoke to his people. And so understanding who the prophet of God was, And understanding that this person carried the power and the message of God was essential for people to understand the truth of God to his people. This is important. This isn't just about a person, a particular man being powerful or being thought as, as important. This was about people receiving God's power. Let me put it this way. The respect that people should show And the sense of honor in Old Testament times that people should have shown for the prophet of God is the same type of respect and honor today that people should show for the Word of God. This is God's means by which He speaks to us, by which He challenges us, by which He he shows us our error and tells us the truth by which we should live. This, this book is not something to treat lightly, but it's to treat with great respect. 
And so we have now Elisha with the power of God upon him and the message of God upon him. And we see these two incidents back to back that show the best way I can describe it is the two faces of God's power. And it's, and it's really pretty simple, the idea of the two faces of God's power. There is the God's power to bless and God's power to curse. And that's what we see in these two incidents. God's power to bless and God's power to curse. So let's take a look. We look at the context, and of course, Elijah is gone. The prophets have seen the transition. The power of God is now upon Elisha, and God is confirming his own choice with the man. So we've had the miracle. They've looked for the body of Elijah. Elijah is now gone. God's servants... I don't know how I best can describe it. God's servants have a shelf life. None of them last forever. And he moves from one to another. We don't still have Elijah here. We we don't still have Elisha here. We don't even have the great preachers of the past, of a hundred years ago here. God has to raise up generation after generation of new leaders and new servants. And, And God confirms those choices. And so, we have that. God confirming his choice in Elijah. I, I should stop just a second. I had folks asking me, Pastor, were you like last week trying to prepare us for something with both of those messages? And that is not the case. I was just preaching the next message in the line. Now, it might be God trying to prepare you for something, but not me. Uh, I, I, there was no particular motive for me in it. But So anyway, we're taking a look at these, these passages of Scripture. I want you to notice God's power to bless. First of all, we, we see it in 2 Kings chapter 19. So he comes back to the city, and it's the city of Jericho. The city of Jericho is down at the northern end of the... Uh, the Dead Sea. It's on the western side of the Jordan River, and it is in a very desert-type environment. Um, uh, we have a brother, Brother Sammy, actually grew up in Jericho, the Jericho that we're talking about here. He was born in Jerusalem and drew, grew up in Jericho. So when he talks about, you know, these, this particular area, it's the place where he played as a child. Happened to bend to Jericho. It's a, you say, well, what is it like? It's like a desert. It's like, I'd like to say it's like the Sonoran Desert in which we live, but it's more like the Mojave Desert than the Sonoran Desert. Do you know the difference between the Mojave Desert and the Sonoran Desert? Stay tuned, Dr. Shaw will come right back to talk about the differences between a Sonoran-type desert and a Mojave-type desert. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, and part one of a message titled, The Two Faces of God, as we bring you a study of the life of Elisha, who followed Elijah. Visit daretostand.org for more details about Dr. Shell's church or this radio ministry. Many in our community struggle with addiction. Here's Dr. Shaw to talk about an addiction recovery ministry at his church called Freedom That Lasts. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? 
You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button. Thanks, Dr. Shaw. If you would like more details about the addiction recovery ministry called Freedom That Lasts, please contact Northwest Valley Baptist Church, 623-581-3115. And now let's get back to our study as Dr. Shaw talks more about Sonoran deserts and Mojave-type deserts and the conditions of the lands of the Bible in Elisha's day. Here's Dr. Shaw. The Sonoran Desert is like a jungle compared to the Mojave Desert. There is much more life here. There, there's, there's less plant life. But what happens is that there are everyday needs that arise. Now, if you're at, even in Bible times, the Dead Sea was the Dead Sea. It was not going to provide sustenance for the land around. Now, you have you have the Jordan River, but there's a problem in getting water from the Jordan to all of the areas around the city of Jericho, primarily because Jericho is in elevation above the Jordan. So if you were going to have, have to get water to the area around Jordan, you'd have to go way upstream and divert the water way upstream. So there obviously was a spring of some sort. A spring of some sort that was used to provide fresh water for the city and also provide water for their gardens and water for their, their crops and water to make the city a, a wonderful place. And it was a beautiful city. They said, this is a wonderful city. This is a, pl- a wonderful place to live. But, you know, wonderful places to live cease to be wonderful places to live if you can't get water there. Uh, you know, we are blessed living in Arizona. You say, well, we live in is a desert. When's the last time in Arizona we had water rationing? I have lived here all of my life, and I've never heard people tell us to do water rationing. We have decades of water stored underground. Now, if you lived in California, it's a little bit different. They really look at you askance if you water your grass. I have a son and daughter-in-law and little grandchildren that live in California. And I've been to their house many times, and they have a backyard. It is, just, it, is, it is not grass. It is not rocks. It is just dirt. And right now, tonight, okay, because they, they divide up on Sunday nights and teach classes like we do in the summertime, and because they don't have enough room in the church building, there's a large group at Christopher and Elise's house. They're, they're tonight probably close to 30 adults and 30 children in their little house, and all the kids right now are out in the dirt backyard getting filthy because water is not in abundance there. When you don't have water, it doesn't matter how pleasant the city is. There's a problem. Water is necessary for life. Now, just remember this. I, it, the Bible doesn't tell us this in this particular story. 
But, but we see this in other passages of Scripture. We see it in the Psalms. And, and that sometimes God sends problems so he can send the solution to the problem. And in this particular case, they didn't have water, and so um, the, 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 spring had got, you know, the spring had gone bad of some sort. That's, that's the indication from the passage, because the solution was the spring. And the land, because of that, had become infertile. Now, now maybe, you know, maybe somehow water from the, you know, the, the Dead Sea had infused with the water from the spring, but whatever had happened, if the, either the spring was dried up completely or the water from the spring had gone bad in such a way that it, it was not drinkable and the, the plants could not grow. It, it, the water was killing the plants rather than making them live. And so this, this is what happens to us, you know, this demonstration of God's blessing. Every day needs arise, and we go to God, and we ask Him for His blessing, and we pray to Him, and we seek His face, and the power of God is demonstrated in our lives, and He meets needs. And sometimes he meets needs miraculously. It's the wonderful, glorious thing of living under the power of God to bless. My God shall supply all your needs in Christ Jesus. Jesus said, as he taught the disciples to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, th- these, these are the basic needs of life, the, the needs for food, the needs for water, the needs for all the provisions that we have, and we can go to him and we can live under his blessing. And what a glorious thing it is to live under the blessing of God Almighty. So, if it had continued, the city would have become virtually uninhabitable. One of the most, as far as archaeologists will tell us, that one of the most ancient cities in all the world that we know of today, and as far as we know, fairly much continually inhabited, is the city of Jericho. It's, it's been inhabited from before we understand time to have existed. And, and this could have been the end of it right here. And so they come to Elijah and... Uh, there's no human solution. It's, I mean, what do you do? There's nothing they could have done then to make bad water good. There's no filtration system. There's no, there's, they, they didn't have those things invented even if they had those. Yeah, I mean, it's there. It's, 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 there, it's there, but it's not useful. You hear the stories of people who are stranded at sea and dying of thirst. I mean, they are enslaved by water but can't drink it. And so you hear you have no particular human solution to the problem. The spring could not be purified. And the land had been damaged. And there's only divine intervention that can help. See, what a terrible, horrible circumstance to be in. To be in a situation in my life where I have no help and no hope but God. That's not such a bad thing, folks. God often puts us there to remind us that we owe everything to Him. 
the spring in the beginning was a blessing of God. The fact that there was a spring there at all, the fact that the city was there was God's blessing. The fact that the, the people of the city had air to breathe and ground to walk on and life. Do you, it's just amazing for me to think, as you look around to the universe around us, that we exist. That, that, I, ha, that I can think. That, that I am conscious of my own existence. The fact that I get to, to live and be aware of anything for any period of time is beyond, beyond imagination. Yet that is the power of God to bless. Because when Adam was born, formed of the dust of the ground, God breathed into him the breath of life and he became a living soul. So, what's Elisha to do? Well, we take a look in verse 20, God meets the need, and God meets the need through Elisha. Here's what he says. He, he says in verse 20, he says, he says, bring me a new cruise, a brand new vessel, and fill it with salt. Dr. Shaw will be back with a closing thought on Elisha's request for a vessel of salt as he gets ready to facilitate a miracle of healing. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Come visit our new worship center. Sunday worship service is at 9.30 a.m. Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m. And Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K through 12, at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If Dr. Shaw's teaching is a blessing to you, we do encourage you to visit daretostand.org. Find out more about this ministry. Consider supporting this radio program with a tax-deductible donation of any amount. Your donations help to keep Dr. Shaw on the air. We would love to give you free copies of Pastor Shaw's teaching and minister to you personally. So please call Northwest Valley Baptist Church today at 623-581-3115 and let us serve you in any way we can. You're always welcome to visit Sunday morning services at 930 or Sunday evening discipleship at 6 p.m. I'm Celeste Montague. Do join us next time for more in our study of the life of Elijah and Elisha now. Here's Dr. Shaw with a closing thought about salt and what salt represented for Israel at the time.
Join us next time for more right here on Dare to Stand. I, I, I mean, he takes a, a symbol. Now, salt was a symbol of purification in the Old Testament. It was a symbol of spiritual purification. I think there's something that, um, that the people should have been learning through the symbolism of all of this. And that is that they were a nation that was corrupted and, was, and their corruption was damaging everyone. They were damaging themselves and their children and the land. They were damaging everything else. And so you have this symbol of purification. They take salt. And, and it, so he takes the symbol of purification and he throws it into the spring. Now, I, I don't know about you, but salt usually makes things worse in this type of situation, not better. <laughs>